What's up, everybody? This is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the Expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the Betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the Recovering Addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. Guys, welcome back for another episode. Good to have you. And we're gonna start first off with a fan shout out. And this is left by one brown MP. The subject is your podcast helped me. On Friday, I listened to how and why an addict breaks boundaries. 30 minutes later, my spouse informed me that he made a life decision and didn't consult me on it. At first, I was just annoyed. But as time went on, my annoyance turned into anger and I found myself in trauma. It took some time and pondering to recognize my feelings and then to realize that, I, or that a boundary had been broken. I was able to recognize that value. I was able to recognize that I value unity and teamwork in a marriage. When he made a life decision and didn't include me, he broke my boundary of unity and teamwork. There is no way without that episode that I would have been able to vocalize what I value and explain what a, um, that a boundary was broken. Thank you for the time and dedication you put into your podcast. Thank you for the skills and tools you teach. You are helping so many people. Like that brings like emotion to me to hear that. That's like that's exactly why we do this. Yeah. What that's a it. great exercise of podcast it's so much better what she did like uh, i mean she's like bam like that's awesome because she instead of instead of just wallowing and resenting instead of going and trying to control him she checked in with herself she connected to herself she got clear with her truth she trusted herself and then she could go communicate that to him and her boundary was all about her it wasn't about him totally. so that's that's great. And the best part about that is, is guys, I think this is the, this is the coolest part. Is now because she did some introspection and because she had tools to deploy, she was able to identify this is what I value: is unity and teamwork in a marriage to be able to make major life decisions. I want to feel like we're united and that we're yeah. a team. Yeah. So now the cool part is, is once you and, and I want you guys to, I guess, just as a follow up with this, is like remember that boundaries are clearly about having values aligned with each other as partners. So that way, you guys can have the best of what a partnership can actually bring. In this case, she wants unity and teamwork, and now he knows an expectation set, major life decisions, I need to be able to act as a team and then to be unified with my partner on what yeah. we do going forward. And just a quick plug here, we've been hitting boundaries hard on our <clears throat> Patreon account. Um, and so there's there's like way more information and detail there about how to do what she's talking about so that's in our show notes the link for that yeah community. so let's get into today's topic um which is basically help betrayal and addiction have changed me so we're talking about what are some common things that happen to a person um and how how do they change you you look back and you're like how have i become this person um, because I'm experiencing both addiction and betrayal. So let's try to, let's kind of separate these, um, to start we can okay. start with, how about, why don't we start with addiction? Um, in what way does, you know, when you, when you're wrapped up in that addiction, um, and you know, how do you get to that point Kobe of like, or what does it look like? I guess 
when you're like, oh my gosh, like this is really who I am now. I like what's happened to my life, right? What are some good good kind of indicators of that? Uh, I I lived with an extraordinary amount of duplicity. I li- I recognized that I was living a double life. I recognized that I was um, saying one thing and I was I was doing another. Total hypocrite. And that what what that realization felt like was I felt weak. I felt totally insecure, like wholly insecure. I felt um, inadequate. I didn't have much by way of self worth. And even even amidst my my some of my my greatest successes in the workplace, those still didn't matter because there was so much inner strife and inner turmoil as to who I was. Um, so so I would say that those those are some of the things. I would also say that I was. Um, it's not just I was a man divided, but I was I was also more angry. I was more mm-hmm. anxious. Um, I was um, I was increasingly disloyal to you, Ashlyn, and I was also crusty. Uh huh. I was just. You were you were a in, douche. I was in total douche mode. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I have to share this. We are in the middle of packing up our home, and Kobe says oh, this is so hard. And then he said, actually, I don't remember ever packing to move here. I don't think I even helped you. That mindless and, and not connected to you. Right. And yeah. I said, Cope, you were in douche mode. <laughs> you didn't help. I did it I all. Totally was. I totally was. Interesting. So that was Kobe seven years ago. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing, and selfishness, right? Mm-hmm. You were a selfish, I mean, I'm not saying this to make you feel bad, but your addiction was getting to the point where you were self-absorbed, mm-hmm. you were defensive, you were guarded, um, and you were you were living that double life. So you were manipulative, right? No um, one really saw that side of him except me, y- and yeah. that's the truth of it. Really, he he came off as just the best. Well, guy. he's Kobe. He's yeah. just a nice guy. Like, yeah, he can and connect. He can. I will say this: I, my parents, my family loves Kobe, and they, my parents would say. Hey, if anything ever happens, you know, they didn't know our story, but if anything ever happens, we'll, we'll take Kobe. And I was like, what? <laughs> you have no idea what, what, it's, right. what it's truly like here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the point is, Kobe, is that all, all of the, like, the selfishness and the being manipulative and you're a liar, and that's not the real you. Yeah. That sure. really, even, even though your addiction started at a really young age, you look back at that and you say, oh my gosh, like, how did I. How did I get myself to that place where, where I was living that way, and and that's how my life was? Because deep down, Kobe, I know you as a man, and I know that's not who you are. Totally. I know you're a loving, kind, selfless, honest man, and that's the real you. But that addiction deteriorates it; it just yeah. breaks it down piece by piece, and it starts to it it, it just breaks down the the just the very fabric of integrity of, of who you are. Mm-hmm. It just starts to destroy that. And, and, and before you know it, you look back and you're like, gosh, like I'm not, I'm, I'm so incongruent with myself, with who I actually For sure. am. For sure. And you have to, right? You have to, because you can't keep the addiction going and be and in, uh, a man with integrity, yeah. right? It's totally true. And so, you, so, so you gotta opt out of your integrity, 
you got to live selfishly in order to keep the addiction, mm-hmm. right? For sure. So, and it, and I would say this too, sorry, um, like the integrity part of it is really interesting because that was a word that in addiction that I would hear every now and again, and I honestly would never be able to tell you what that actually meant. But what's interesting, as soon as you said that now, I was like, immediately, my connotation of it is integrity is the ability to live the principles and the characters that I hold most dear. Right. It's the ability to, to live and to show up and, and to actually be those things. And I never was. I never was. And that was probably the most disappointing thing. And, and, and in truth, um, it was all the things we've already talked about and exactly what you said as well. But I also judged myself. And, and, and I painted myself into a corner of such judgment that it was like, there's no way back from the road that I've gone. There's, there's no way back. And I would forgive everybody else in this green earth for all the wrongs that they've done to me or to anybody else because I'm, I'm the worst of all. And so it's a very uh, dark, lonely, hopeless, lonely, hopeless place yeah. where there's just like I've got no other place to go. And, the, and, and in those moments, the most seditious part about this is the only option that I had in those moments was to go use again. To yeah. get out of that horrible dark place, yeah. which just which just feeds it all deeper. again and again. That cycle. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was going to say I didn't marry the man that we're talking about right now. I didn't think I did, and yeah, we got married young, and we really didn't know each other obviously very well. <laughs> but I, I think my expectations were just way off. And mm-hmm. then when it kind of opened up, even after that first week of marriage, it was like, wait, who, who am I married to? Who is this guy? Right. And, and you know what the truth is, is what, what you said, Ashlyn, and what you just said, if you put those together, like the, tr- the truth is, is Kobe didn't know himself. Right. Entirely you, true. You didn't know you were, uh, you were a good man who, who, and you didn't trust that either. And, and <laughs> that's so well said. Yeah. And so you, so you, the only way forward was to the addiction yeah. because you, you didn't believe that you could fall back on just who you are, your real integrity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so as he's spinning around, mm-hmm. um, you're like, gosh, like who did I marry? Right. And he's like, who did you marry? I'm, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? I live this double life. I'm a hider. I'm a manipulator. I, yeah, I, I don't know myself and I don't want you to know that I don't know myself. Right. right. And what I think is so interesting is Kobe says, I felt so alone and yet I felt so alone. We right. were alone together. together. Yes. It was the weirdest thing, but I really feel like for most of our marriage, we've been married 18 years. We were very isolated with each other. That's like the worst paradox ever. It yeah. is. Yeah. It's strange. And yeah. it, I don't think it's, it's almost it's better to be alone alone. Right. Right. Because it was just this huge disconnect of, and we didn't totally get that. We weren't educated enough to say something really isn't right here. We just knew that things weren't maybe what we expected them to be for right. marriage. Right. And we'd reach out for help here and there go to um, like our ecclesiastical leader we'd go right. to we started actually at a sex therapist we thought that was the problem right right um it wasn't guys <laughs> and we just kind of here and there tried to help and it just nothing was working right yeah. there's something that you said brennan just a second ago 
that that was total truth, but I want to just represent what that actually looked like for me. Okay. You said, when actually we were talking about we were both like so alone, and then you said, Brandon, it was almost better to be alone alone than alone next to your partner. Yeah. Which maybe is why you always wanted out? Like, to be sure. Like, like I know we've said that in jest, but right. that's but those are some of the thoughts that I had looking back, not realizing at the time, I wanted out because the idea of looking you in the eyes was like devastating to my soul because I only saw all the ways that I was betraying you. And I think that's why it's so easy to say, I want out altogether from what you just said. It's easier to be alone alone than to be with a partner that you know that you're betraying and not true to. Right. And the odd thing is when he would say, he'd come every once in a while, like, I think we should get divorced. And it was, I would yell at him, like, how are you the one telling me to get divorced when you're the one with the problem? Right. Because I didn't understand all that. And now, I mean, it sounds crazy, but I'm hearing him talk about that. And I hear... The good man in him right, coming right, out. Right. Yeah. Like that right you now. didn't recognize then, yeah. right? But there is good in all of us, but sometimes that spike narrative just... It, it well, becomes my truth say. to where that's the only thing that I saw about myself. Right. Yeah. right. And that's what... I think that's what you're hearing and, and recognizing Ashlyn is is what you're talking about, Kobe, is that hopeless, lonely place that, you know, the addiction drives you forward into that. And, and I like how you described it. It's, it's like, gosh, I can't, I can't go back. I can't, I can't just all of a sudden one day break down and open up and just be completely vulnerable and honest and authentic and, and, and able to connect to you because that's so terrifying and, but I also can't just snap my fingers and get rid of this addiction. Yeah. And so what I will do is I will um, break all of my internal boundaries of who I am in order to try to and tr- try to keep this survive. all together and survive. Yeah. yeah. And then you become the man that you don't want to be and the man that you're not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's the thief, the great thief of yep. self-worth addiction. Yep. And, and, and no matter what it is. It's just, it's, it's the great thief of self. And I will say that was one of the biggest surprises to me as we got into recovery was hearing how little self-confidence you had. I had no idea because he was such a outgoing he person. He seemed so, yeah, yeah like he, he had seemed it. like he yeah. had it all and yeah. everyone loved him. So I thought his confidence is up here. And then when I really got to know who he was and he got to know who he was, mm-hmm. It was it was sad to think like I had no idea you felt this way. Like like it's pitiful for sure, but I think it's important to to maybe have you say more about when you say it was sad. I felt bad. Like I was heartbroken that you were hurting like that. Uh-huh. And that's the whole understanding the addiction side, right? Of here's Kobe and here's the addiction. Mm-hmm. And to see more of who you were and what you were struggling with and not just I I want to stop acting out. You know what? It's what Ashton's saying. You're a lucky man, Kobe. Because really what I hear you saying is, you know, I finally, I, I could see through his poser. Like his, <laughs> yeah, he's Mr. Like got it all together, totally. sociable guy. And, and she's like, I could see his pain. I yeah. could see right. that, that a lot of that facade, a lot of that double life was, was fake. And it was fake because of that pain. Right. And, uh, and, and to have empathy for that, I think is, pretty awesome because 
because that's hard because his poser and his I mean that that's hurt you for a long time that's caused a lot of betrayal trauma Mm -hmm. right but it is healing it's really healing for you to not take that personally and to look at it and say that you know he became this man not because Kobe's a bad man not because he's attacking you but because he was struggling in the depths of addiction Mm -hmm. right and uh, you can have empathy for it you still need to have boundaries around it Mm -hmm. right so so it's been it's been cool to watch him as he's grown the last couple of years of being able to say I'm proud of who I am yeah. one but then also starting to own his body type um, his other his skill set and mentoring people there's just a lot more to Kobe now than there was before totally totally and I it's it's um, I, I still remember the first time I said ever out loud and, that, and that's the big tell that it, when you say something out loud because I never said it to myself, but I said one night to Ashley, having some kind of discussion about what it was. I was in the kitchen, you were at the desk, and I said, oh, no, 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 I'm proud of who I am. And I, like, went wide-eyed, like, Did, wait, what? did that Did just I come just out of my mouth? <laughs> I am, actually? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Right. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. But that was kind of the awakening of, of the authentic real me because I was walking, my, I, I was living my life with integrity, and it was like my conscious mind became aware of what I had actually been doing and that I was walking with integrity. I, my, I was in alignment with the, the, the principles and the character that I always wanted to have and I never did live according to. I actually was, those were all in alignment. And that was the piece that gave me probably the most boost in, not not boost, but it helped me to understand and own who I really was. And I think this is this is a really, I think, key discussion because we hear stories all the time. We get messages all the time both um, in Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, email of people of, of partners saying my husband this or my husband that or you know this is how this is how, how how hard our story is and so what I would hope that if you're the betrayed listening to this what I hope is you you understand exactly what this looks like as far as like the effect that addiction has on your partner but I think what's also super important to realize is that behind the addiction is this broken soul who is just aching and hurting and is so floundering and it's a byproduct of of um biological stimuli there's science behind what happens in the brain and the more that you understand about addiction as what ashlyn talked about the more you understand that that um that the person that you see and with whom you know whom, whom has hurt you is not the person that you married and isn't the authentic person that that they know that they can be they're just not there and if you can get to that place, I believe that, that being able to see your partner as much as you've been hurt with some degree of empathy will be will open a huge door of progress for you to realize you're not now the person I know you can be and the person I married you for, but you can be with the right kind of So I, I'm I'm glad you say this because I had an awesome experience this week. Like just a, just so cool and so rewarding. Um, but and, and I'll share this without giving any detail because um, I want to maintain some confidentiality. But I, I did a, a disclosure this week. And, and usually with disclosures, I prepare the couple. We, we have a lot of sessions beforehand to make sure it's done right. And, and one thing that I say is, look, disclosures aren't fun. Get ready for this to, to be horrible, basically. Um, I don't say that. But... Like prepare them that this is not fun. It's triggering. Um, sometimes you really want to disconnect, um, and you need to do self care around it. And uh, 
we did all that and we did the disclosure and he did the disclosure really well and he um he was very straightforward honest forthcoming with things but he did it in a way where he told his story um from from childhood up through their marriage and uh and talked about adolescence and just some experiences that he'd had. And at the end of it, something happened that I've never seen. And she, she just stopped and she, she got a little emotional and she just said, I had no idea what it was like for you. And this was after he just told her all this betrayal stuff that, and she knew, knew about most of it, but she just said like, I had no, I, I get it now. I understand why you've done what you've done. And she gave him that empathy and it was it was really amazing because in that moment she wasn't taking anything personal that he had done and she was understanding him right now she still again she still needs boundaries around his addiction that doesn't mean like okay i'm fine with everything because you have this reason why you did what you did but she saw a glimpse of the real him for a minute of his pain right right and so it was pretty it's pretty cool That's right. so that's right. All right, let's shift gears to the betrayed, okay? So, again, the topic is, oh, my gosh, basically, what have I become? <laughs> Who am <laughs> and how, I? how have I gotten here? So, so Ashton, just talk about some, some things that happened to you that you look back and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I don't know, like, how did I, how did I become this? Right. So, well, I first want to start by saying you all know me as someone different. And most of you don't know the old me that I didn't like. The me that I questioned, who have I become? And so if you had met me maybe eight years ago, I mean, it was that was probably when it was the worst of it. But it would have been, I would have been quiet. I would have been someone who talks about the weather and never ever going to tell you a single thing about my marriage. So surface level? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I had no real friends. I remember when we moved away, we moved to a a different state and I realized like, oh, like I don't have any friends. I don't have anyone I can call on if I need them, any of that. Um, So so isolated, isolated. surface level. Um, I was living a successful design career but that was my life. Like I went and I did my work and then I came home and Kobe and I didn't really talk. And so for me, I, I remember moments, especially like with your family, when I would say something terrible. I used to be a name caller. I would bring up the past. I would shame him in front of people. And so you would attack a totally. And then I'd leave the room. Like, I'm mad, so I'm leaving, and I would storm out. And then I literally would round a corner and go, what did I just do? Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. And yet I'd do it again, over right. and over and over. Right. And I never, of course, told Kobe, like, I don't know who I am and what I've become. But I know you didn't think you married that woman. Totally. Right? And I remember he would call his mom and... Like, I don't know what's going on, but Ashlyn is so mean. Mm-hmm. And I was. For right. the record, that's exactly what went. That was my that was my reasoning behind my first affair, an emotional affair. And that was exactly what I told my ecclesiastical leader and exactly what I told the therapist. The reason why this happened was because Ashlyn was mean. Careful not to... Careful. <laughs> 
careful not to blame, no, right? I, yeah, yeah, don't, right. Don't, I want to be really clear. I was exactly blaming. Right. I was exactly you, blaming. You, He's saying how about this, this is not good. You <laughs> used that denial. Yes. To, uh, you had good reason because Ashlyn had become that. Right. right. And he yeah. thought that was okay. Like, yeah. this is why we're going to therapy because of Ashlyn. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I want to be super, super clear. That was how I, I justified my behavior. This is right. warranted because this is what I'm on the receiving end from Ashlyn, which that wasn't Ashlyn. That totally wasn't Ashlyn. Right. No, it, it, and was, it was Ashlyn and betrayal trauma. No, and um, I remember feeling like, why do these things bug me so much? Like, why can't he stop? I would tell him just stop looking at porn or, you know, when he had that first emotional affair, I remember thinking, why is this hurting me so much? You know, he never even kissed her. Um, and then when, and people would say like, it's not that big a deal. It's an emotional affair. Um, right. Even church leaders told me it's not that big a deal. Like right. get over it. And I was like, okay, so I you, will. I will. And I didn't. I will, but then I'm going to unload emotion on you all yes. the time. I'm going to yeah. take it out on everything else, right? Yes. Especially Kobe. Right. Um, and then I was just pretty shut down to everyone else. Yep. And, uh, you know, I on the outside, it was very much like Kobe. I looked like I was happy enough. We had a really uh, great life, and we started having kids, and then I was like, okay. You guys I'm are good at the pose. Totally. Right? The facade that, like, For you sure. kept it all together, what you're yes. supposed to be. But the inner workings of your marriage was so broken down. Oh, heck yeah. And I think yeah. what we began to do, though, just thinking about, like, for instance, like your design career, it was like we, we, we began to be really good, Brennan, at talking about my work and talking about Ashlyn's work. Because we were both very successful in our careers. That's where so our value talk, was. So we would go home <laughs> and talk shop, right? Yeah. And, um, and, and honestly, Ashlyn gave me loads of reasons to be super, super proud of her. It was right. like, this is cool to see. Like, Ashlyn was a national design contest winner. And she was a semifinalist like three, four different times. So it was like we had plenty to talk about. Sure. It was really cool. Right. Right? But but we were really, really good about talking shop, meaning talking work, or talking weather, but we never had any kind of vulnerability. Yeah. We were so desperately isolated emotionally from each other. Right. And you were both screaming out in yeah. well, maybe literally. <laughs> but like oh, really yeah. screaming out. Like, both. <laughs> I'm in pain here. Right. And and that's the hard thing is because I was so isolated, no one knew. Yeah. No one knew my pain. Um, Kobe did reach out to his parents, and they would sometimes know. But, um, you know, when you only hear a little bit of one side, yeah. it's hard to help. No and, one knew. Yeah. Ashlyn. Yeah. And so I think I really just felt out of control for a long yeah. time. Just who the heck am I? Right. And so I think when I found okay, there's this thing called betrayal trauma. It wasn't that it was this way out, like, sweet, now I have a definition. This is why I mean, so get over it. Right. It was like an awakening for me right. to say, okay, this is why I feel like crap and I'm mean and I'm not who I am. This is right. not me. Right. You can finally face it and see it yeah. and, 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 and put, put words to it. Yeah. Right. And, and it was also helpful for me too, because I, I think actually at first Ashlyn heard Kevin Skinner, Dr. Kevin Skinner talk about yes. it at the conference and she's like, this is a thing. And I don't, I'm, I'm pretty certain. Um, I didn't want to hear anything about that. In fact, I think that was the month where I was, I was no, like, I, I have ended to... my second affair like that month. And you were with, I went with your pretend sponsor's wife. 
uh-huh. to this <laughs> <Ten> conference. <sponsors. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we went to this conference. I remember coming home and telling them all about it. We'd fight the new drug was there, Clay, and um, all these great things. And we'd learned so much and we're sharing. And all the time, they both knew he had just ended this affair and I have no idea I'm like oh you know yeah, we're getting better yeah and like the double life is still very totally. much they no, said hardly anything yeah. I think they were like oh my gosh shut up right <laughs> I, I didn't literally have my fingers in my ear but I figuratively had my fingers in my ear yes. all the time while you were sharing that but the truth is is like once I actually under like really understood it it was like oh my gosh like it, it was it was really uh, I kind of had that same empathetic moment like this is what this means. Like, this is what I've done. This is like the effect that I've caused on you. And I think that the same way that empathy, you seeing me for who I was, opened it, like the empathy opened a door of progress for you. I think just understanding that that betrayal trauma really is a thing and seeing and connecting dots, like all the years, I remember the like Mother's Day of 07 was so so hard. 06 or 07. 06. Was I had just so, miscarried. So like, those are those are moments. There. That, it was a lot. Yeah, it was it was a train wreck. But all I'm saying is is like that was a really important moment for me to really own the fact that I had caused so much hurt in you, and I realized that all the ways that you acted that were not like who I knew you were were really just because of me. Well, and, and how I chose to respond. But well, but it but it helped explain to me what was really going on, and it it um, I wasn't I wasn't hurting because of shame. I was just hurting because I recognized I was hurting because you were hurting, and it all made so much sense. Yeah, yeah it made sense to me. Realizing okay, it was a thing that an emotional affair is a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> he chose someone else over me. Like either way, it hurts. Right. I, I want to say, so Ashlyn, you responded with kind of isolation and, and anger yeah. is what I'm hearing. Um, Kobe, you responded with a lot of um, double life manipulation and, and then just shame. Um, I just want to go over some others, and maybe you guys experience these too, um, things that I hear all the time. Um, things like I project my emotions onto my kids I unload. I'm the. I'm not. I'm not the parent that I want to be. Um, I. You know. I'm not very regulated with my emotions. I'm yes. volatile. Yes. I'm all over the place. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that's a common one. As a parent, you'll feel that. Like this isn't the real me. I'm crazy when I parent. And, and that's probably one of the reasons why I was like two hours in every twenty four is what I knew I was going to see my kids. I'd come home from work late because spending time with them reminded me of how crap parent I was. Right, so so, so you're disconnecting home. from them. Exactly. Yeah. Let's eat. Let's take baths. Let's go to bed. Yeah. Let's avoid kind yes. of. Yeah. I just yeah. ran into a friend who has a very similar story to us, and she's her kids are older, and she said, "I've told them they don't know the real me. I'm, I'm a Interesting. mess, right?" And Interesting. She's trying to work through it, and she said, "I'm sad that they don't know how cool I am." Right. Yeah, because they're getting the the unload of it all, yeah. right? Or the disconnect. Like I, I don't want to. I can't face you as as a parent because I'm dealing with all this stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, and the other thing that I see is relationships with God, um, an isolation or an anger, um, just a, a lack of connection there, where you look at it and you're like, "Gosh, this isn't what I want," but I've created this distance and this isolation with God check, or this anger check, toward check. God. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's common. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, other things, um, depression, like, gosh, I'm not a depressed person. I, I'm usually lively and assertive, and but now, like, I'm just kind of a shell of myself, and I just, I'm shut down. I'm not motivated. I want to sleep all day. I want to lay around. I just, I'm hopeless. That's not who I am, but it's what I'm doing, right? Other common signs of uh, really what what betrayal and addiction can get you to right so those really, are just really a good. few more yeah really really good so. I, I actually had a question yeah. for you Brennan since you are indeed fire away legend here. <laughs> <Please> stop <laughs> just call you me the ex- please someone. please call me the expert <laughs> your formal name yeah that's what we become like you're the expert. You're just the legend. And so now we're just never going to... We feed that for Yes. <laughs> but, but the question that I have is is about, about Ashlyn, because she was like... And, I, and I've... Like, to her ever-living credit, she was always so loyal that she never threw me under the bus. And I gave her... I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. It's interesting. But I should have. <laughs> to, um, to never see anything... You <laughs> should have taken advantage, Ashlyn. <laughs> when I was mean, I really should have. <laughs> so, so, but the question is, is is what also, besides loyalty, and like, I don't want to do that, what also um, may have kept Ashlyn from sharing with anybody else or talking about this? Oh, my gosh. There's so much more to that. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. So usually, uh, sometimes it is loyalty, I got to say. Okay. Like, sometimes it is like, I respect him. I don't want to make him feel bad. and But usually it's it's the, the betrayed's own shame. Yeah. It's like... It's, I'm uh, super embarrassed. Embarrassed? Why My would he cheat on me? Other yeah. women over me, right. even like fake women, right? Right. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Why would she run around and go tell people that <laughs> that she's not good enough? My husband right? doesn't. If that's even not want true, me. but that's how it feels. Is I don't feel like I'm good enough, and that's why he's doing all these things. So, uh, yeah, for so, sure. And when you hear someone say, "Oh, these guys are getting divorced. They had an affair. He had an affair. Whatever," you. Rarely do you hear someone say like, "Oh, wow!" They're like, "Oh, yeah, she was this, or uh, yeah, she she's gotten heavy, and it's probably that's there's why. some or, reason. There's a, they have to make a reason of why it happened, and right. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm that reason that people are going to say it's my fault." All right. Do you hear that, Kobe? Yeah, well, yeah. So, but we can just say she's loyal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just loyalty. Show it fear or shame at yes, all? Yes, loyalty yeah. mixed with a lot of shame. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So. Thank you for answering that. And I, uh, I don't know why that question has never crossed my mind before, but it's just anyways. So let's talk about what we're going to talk about on Patreon mm-hmm. around this topic. Okay. So we're going to talk about how do you go from this kind of crazy place of what um, betrayal and addiction has gotten you to, and and how do you shift to re- really we can we were saying earlier, you know, we could do an episode on look what addiction and betrayal has 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 turned me into in a positive light heck yeah right like I, the gifts of recovery the gifts of recovery well how do you go from the the i guess the negative parts of recovery and what it breaks you down to to the positive awesome things that recovery can turn you into the things i never thought i would be yeah amazing things yeah and, and i can own it and it's absolutely <laughs> possible so that's what we're going to talk about like on you, Patreon. It's interesting. To, to, that's where we're going to go because today we were pulling into the parking lot to record, and Ellie, our eight-year-old, said, Dad, you know, I'm not saying I'm glad. Like, I'm happy that you watched porn and looked at bad pictures, 
but I'm really glad that you actually did so now that you can help people. Yeah, yeah, it's stuff like that, <laughs> right? And and that that's to me, like, this was, guys, I want to be super, super clear. I never planned being such a train wreck. <laughs> I never planned living, you know, 31 years in douche mode. I never planned on living the majority of my life. I promise you I'm like 41 and a 30, probably 39 is when I really figured out who I was. Right. I didn't plan it that way. <laughs> I want to be really, really clear. But I got to tell you that knowing what I know now, it's been worth all of the pain and the, the hard, heavy lifting to do it. And I'm just super thankful that you're with me and that you, that you did the heavy lifting by my side as well. And it's, it's worth it. I know that you're probably watching and are listening to this going like, dude, this is so hard. How am I going to do this? And the truth is, is don't think about tomorrow. Just think about what you need to do today to be true to yourself so that you can end just today in a good way. I think our, what we talk about in, in the follow-up to this is, is so important because we're talking about how do you go from the deepest, darkest depths uh, that there is, mm-hmm. right? And, and through that experience, find the, the brightest, lightest, happiest place that you've ever been. The unicorn. And, Right, it's not a like, it's not a unicorn. It, it we haven't yeah. found one yet, right. but we've we've been really consistent every day for years. Right, for sure. And I think that's the important part is what. And just to just to be really clear on this, when I was I talked earlier in the episode about painting myself into this like hole into this corner where I didn't think that there was any hope at all. That's when this thought, which is like totally spiked, saying it's going to be this unicorn. You got to find the end of this rainbow. That's going to be the secret sauce to just change you, to get you out of this, to pick you up and like move you out of this dark place. The truth is, is and I heard this quote one time is like, you know what they say about when you're in hell, just keep moving. Right. And there is a path out of the corner, the darkest, deepest corners. And the cool part is, is I would argue that that path and those steps are small and they're sustainable and it doesn't require a huge heavy lift all at once because you're not alone yeah <laughs> yep. and that's what that's what we're going to address that's what we're going to talk about so guys thanks for being here appreciate it leave a review if you can hop on and uh, love to hear from you and just think it might be your fan shout out that we, uh, that we read so see you guys, guys keep moving forward <laughs>